Yeah, it's your boy Aaron Hall. It's been a while. And with all the news going on with R. Kelly, I think it's time for me to come back out and break this career out. So check me out. Let's go. space come check out what me and my one friend tom already know aaron hall is back baby let's get it what's going on everybody glad that we are uh, able to meet you and greet you into another week as always this is your boy jesse mccoy and i'm here with the world's foremost legal humorist Sean Carter, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing, doing, doing well. Um, taking, taking it one day at a time. One day at a time, man. I was just thinking to myself earlier today. Uh, sometimes I, I just want to grab my wings and fly away. You know, I believe I can. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. Don't, don't. You can't even say it no more. <laughs> you about to break the rule already and quote R Kelly. Uh, oh my goodness. R. Kelly. So for those who don't know, R. Kelly is part of a yet another series, a three-part interview series for TLC, <laughs> um, about uh, just, you know, him getting some things off of his chest uh, and that it's doing all kinds of numbers online. You've probably seen the memes uh, that have come out of it. Uh, I've also seen the rendition set the interview to the uh, Trapped in the Closet theme music. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, let's be clear. We catch everybody up. R. Kelly was, I think it was, was it last week or the week before? I guess it was the week before. He and Jesse, Jesse Smollett, uh, spent a little time together in jail. Um, <laughs> right. A sister supposedly um, put up the $100,000 bond for R. Kelly because apparently after selling 8 trillion albums, you can't still have $100,000 left. <laughs> and so he got out of jail, decided the first thing he was going to do was to go to Gail King and get yeah. his story on the record. Absolutely. Now, as a lawyer, by the way, let's talk about it because we are supposed to be lawyers. What do you think about that? that, that idea? I, you first off, you should be doing an interview with nobody, um, <laughs> especially if you are Kelly. This this whole concept of if if he has a lawyer, this right. lawyer is not doing their job because <laughs> hey, you don't get you have no conversations with the media. Uh, second right. of all, R. Kelly, uh, he 
extra sauce on this. So this was like, not only was was he bad. I mean, he had he had you know moments of shimmering hope. Right. But not only was it bad, but I feel like Gail King just pretty much won the case for the Chicago, <laughs> the Chicago District Attorney. Well, we're getting, getting ahead of ourselves here because he did prosecute it well. All right, but 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 to me, I got to tell you, part of me says that you know R. Kelly shouldn't have done the interview, but his lawyer should have. You know, he needed. He, here's what he needed. he needed: a Kellyanne Conway. Conway. Okay. He needed Sarah Huckabee Sanders, right? Somebody to go out and tell his crazy lie for him. Right. Because the one side of the story is getting told. The other side's not. The jury pool is getting conditioned. Eventually, somebody has to say something. But just R. Kelly isn't the best um, <laughs> advocate for himself. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, but, but, but we're talking about Gail. Let's, let's, let's play a little bit. Gail King starts out. And, you know, let's, you know, why are you doing this, R. Kelly? Are you crazy? And then says, ask the question, you know, are all of these women, you know, lying on you? And let's get R. Kelly's response. I am surprised. To that, that, that simple question of all these women lying about you. Okay. Why would all these women tell these different stories about you if they were not true? And they don't know each other. That defies logic to me. Right, right. Until you hear the explanation. You can start a rumor on a guy like me or a celebrity just like that. All you have to do is push a button on your phone and say, so-and-so did this to me. R. Kelly did this to me. And if you get any traction from that, if, you, if you're able to write a book from that, if you're able to get a, a, a reality show, then any girl that I had a relationship in the past that I, it just didn't work out, she can come and say the same exact thing. Are you blaming this on? Right, so, so let's get it clear. First, R. Kelly's first defense is these people are just doing it for the social media exposure, et cetera. I'm famous. I'm an easy meal ticket. And that right. would be a good argument, except for the fact that he's the only one to date with, with a few exceptions that is mm -hmm. getting accused of having a harem, peeing on people. Right. Uh, not letting them eat. Right. You know, right. I would imagine that Keith Sweat got his share of women, but I ain't seen a Keith Sweat accuser yet. <laughs> Keith Sweat, don't put me in this man. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly Gill, my, 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 my. <laughs> but, but, but ain't nobody saying, yo, yo, you, 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 you have got me in the closet. Or, you know, no. even just it, right? Smollett, right, you know, for his problems, doesn't have women or men coming out, you know, talking about how he abused them, right? And right. so the idea that everybody is fair game for this, ah, uh, nah, bruh, it's just a couple of people, you and, and, and Cosby and, and Michael Jackson, and, you know, and we'll get to Michael in a minute. Um, and so, and so that argument, you know, didn't quite, I think, play as well as, as he thought he would. And remember, he was, if you know, people can't see his face. R. Kelly's face was like, you know, oh, you you know, they just hit a button on their phone. You don't know about this phone thing, Gail. You ain't heard about this, but they got this thing called the, <laughs> in the, in the internet. You just, bam, throw your stuff right. out there. Absolutely. Uh, now, then uh, it gets a little more heated. And we, we, we get to the question that R. Kelly says, look, you know what? I'd be a fool, right? To do this. Me, all the stuff that I got going for me, <laughs> this is crazy. And then this is really the part that, that made this go viral, right? All so, right. 
anybody against their will. I don't need to. They, Why would I? Well, I'm, I'm, How stupid would it never be for anybody. R. Kelly with all I've been through in my way, way past to hold somebody, let alone four, five, six, fifty, you said. Why, how stupid would I be to do that? I didn't say you That's were holding... That's stupid, guys. I didn't... Is this camera on me? Yes, it's on. That's stupid. Use your common sense. <laughs> Don't... Forget the blogs. Forget how you feel about me. Hate me if you want to. Love me if you want. But just use your common sense. How stupid would it be for me to... With my crazy past and what I've been through... Oh, right now, I just think I need to be a monster and hold girls against their will, chain them up in my basement and and don't let them eat and don't let them out unless they need some shoes down the street from their uncle. Uh, You saw the surviving R. Kelly. So maybe you can help me out this. What's his reference to the shoes down the street from their uncle? Um, This is R. Kelly. (laughs) I think the concept maybe was that there were parents in the video who were trying to travel across country and any report that their daughter was somewhere. So it follows one lady who found her daughter in California and she got a hotel not too far away from where her daughter would be. And she orchestrated an escape for her daughter who, you know, was kind of vacillating on whether she wanted to leave or not. So maybe that's what he's talking about. Other than that, I don't remember anybody with uncle with shoes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I'm thinking you know, it must have been something where some woman had gone out to buy shoes, but apparently she's supposed to be locked up, but she, you know, can 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 make it back to buy shoes. I don't even know because even even your slaves need shoes, right? Um, <laughs> but then he goes. For, two things about that got me was one he started out with, uh, I don't need to. Um, and that might or might not be true, but brother, you really don't want to start your defense, <laughs> right? To, to, to sexual exploitation charges by talking about what a player you really already are <laughs> and how women can't wait to be your slave anyway. Um, it might or might not be true, but that's really when you want to low key. Right. The second right, is right. he's talking about in my way, way, way past. That's 2008. <laughs> That, that that pen thing and then the trial you got off on that wasn't a distant memory all right that's basically think about it you know that's the eighth and ninth season of american idol right? i mean we're right. talking about you know fairly recent right you you know put this way you know reuben stuttered and clay akins are, are, are older than that case is right like <laughs> <laughs> you know their epic battle is is, is more recent or uh, is, is is older than your, your your sexual uh you know assault trial so don't act like that was forever ago in the 40s I, I think he might be confused because he was successful in continuing that case for six years so, <laughs> so he might be confused about that i think my favorite part from that clip is he goes out of his way to say, is, is this camera on me? As if he's not very well versed in camera angles and everything. We've been watching you on film quite often. So we know, we know, you know exactly where the camera is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somehow we missed a drop of pee. You know how to position yourself there, right? So let's go on because this is where it gets good. You're right. Hold on. Let's, let's get to it. Robert, Stop it. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. Robert. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me, y'all. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. I gave y'all 30 years of my career. Robert. 30 years of my career. Y'all trying to kill me. You're killing me, man. This ain't 
about music. I'm trying to have a relationship with my kids, and I can't do it. Y'all just don't want to believe the truth. You don't want to believe it. At this point. <laughs> I'm, I got to make this stunning confession. All right. We're going to lose about half our listeners, but we get back. We get back another time. But, but I heard this on the way in to work and I hadn't seen the, how ridiculous he looked doing it. Right. So okay. I'm just hearing this. And when I hear this, I got to tell you, I'm in there thinking, y'all need to quit playing. All right? <laughs> He's got to have a relationship with his kids. <laughs> because here's the thing about this and I know better than this I'm a lawyer I've been trained better than this but that to me is the reaction right okay. that you should have when someone accused you of something this foul right you should be livid upset furious confused up, upset um, yeah. you know now it took me another 10 seconds to realize he's full of it all right, but but there was ten seconds where I, where I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go represent the brother for because he ain't got no money anyway, and, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this right, wrong, and I, you know we are gonna have a picnic, his kids and mine because this is ridiculous. And also, let's be fair, I ain't got no girls, so uh, I can risk it. Well, I, I think this is where, if anything, this is where Gail King really won her Pulitzer here. There you go, because uh, the the contrast between. R. Kelly being so upset and jumping around, screaming, ranting, raving, and Gail King just sitting there, Robert, Robert. You can just <laughs> tell she has the confidence and the poise to know that if he messes around and lays one hand on her hair, Oprah's right. hitters is going to be in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about it. They can't even pretend to have a game of Big Bank, take Little Bank, because he got no bank. <laughs> Right. And, and you're right. right. And here's the thing about was so cool about it is R. Kelly even knew this. Cause he's like, you know what? He wasn't yelling at her. He said, let me turn where the camera is over, over right. her shoulder. I'm going to yell at the cameraman. He ain't best friends with Oprah. I'm going to yell at the cameraman, <laughs> but I ain't going to raise my voice at Gail. Is that about? Oh my gosh. So R. Kelly is trying to act like basically <laughs> he has donated 30 years of his life to us. Like we owe him. And it's funny because you can tell from all the things that he's saying in this interview, he spent some time in black barbershops, much like I do, to hear what the black barbers are saying. And sometimes in black barbershops, we say stuff that's nonsense that really don't mean to go there. It's just driving conversation. So obviously there are people in our community, particularly at the barbershop, who will say things like, nah, man, he, he wrote 12 play. I don't, I just did. I don't think that he could have done any of these horrible things. They allegedly lying and they trying to get money. So he says, I gave y'all 30 years. Like he <laughs> gave it to us. Like he wasn't riding around in limousines and going to clubs, <laughs> taking people daughters and, and like living, living the life. Popping champagne bottles every night. Like he basically, that was a sacrifice. He did that. So and we then, don't have to go through that. See, exactly. I wonder what the thought was at this point. Like, look, I put in all this work. I deserve to get to pee on a 16 year old from time to time. I mean, that's the least you could do for me. I, I gave you step in the name of love. 
right, the right, entire right. remix to Ignition, right? I, I, I should get to pee on somebody, all right? <laughs> and it's amazing to me, the attitude. But then this is where he lost me. All right, because for like I said, he had me for about a minute. I apologize. I know I'm gonna lose the 30, 40 liberal print points, but I'm gonna be all right. But then he got me here because he took it too far when he decided that he was going to really shed a light on the real problem in the world. So let's continue with the, with with this with this rant. And okay. he, by the way, he had to, he has to kind of calm down. He got to get his cameraman. He got to get all his makeup. He didn't cry it off and, and try to, you know, his, his, his publicist is rubbing his shoulders down, right? They're really trying to get him to calm down. And here comes R. Kelly. This is where he jumped the shark. We briefly paused the interview to give Kelly a moment. His publicist helped calm him down. I hope this camera keep going. No, we're going to This let is the not true. This is not, doesn't even make sense. Why would I hold all these women? Their mothers and fathers told me, we're going to destroy your career. But Kelly's emotions remained raw. It's real girls out there missing. It's real young girls out there being abducted, being raped, okay? They really are on chains. They really do have chains on their uh, on their wrists, and they can't get out. Robert, and they're ending up buried in deep. Robert, we have to have a conversation. Really, I, I don't want you just ranting at the camera. Well, I, think I came here for them to hear me okay, talk. But I need help. What kind of help? This. First of all, before we get to his yeah. plea for help, because we do have to get to his plea for help. All right? right. But remember, he came from being, you know, R. Kelly a minute, and he's like, look. Y'all are basically missing all the real stuff. You can't catch the real criminal, right? That was a kind of OJ thing, right? The real criminals are getting away with this, right? And, and R. Kelly is concerned about the sexual exploitation of young women. (laughs) And y'all not hearing me. This is keeping me up at night. And what's bothering me is that y'all are, they're real women in change, y'all. Now, and they my baby. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you might not have chained up all those women, but I do know this for sure. Uh, that's not what keeps you up at night. <laughs> that some woman somewhere is being abused, unless you're thinking it could have been me abusing her. All right. But certainly you're not worried about some young woman's well-being that you are now. The, that'd be like, you know, Bill Cosby. You know, coming out and be like, you know what? Y'all got to stop all that roofies. They're real <laughs> roofie people out there, drugging people. <laughs> However, Cosby would do it with the pudding face, you know. But the point is, <laughs> R. Kelly, you don't get to be, all right, the champion mm-hmm. against a sexual you know, trafficking. That, that's not your lane. You got to get out of that one. This, this is what his uh, defense attorney calls the kitchen sink argument. <laughs> We've already established that he has given Black America 30 years of music. <laughs> now we're saying, you know, y'all are looking the wrong way. You're so busy looking at me and all the stuff I'm doing. You're not looking at the real issue, which is all this other stuff that's going on <laughs> that everybody else is doing. That's <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the guy who gets pulled over, like, people are going 400 miles away. Are you trying to get me for a tail light? Well, you, you also got to, you know, register your car, right, brother? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of thing. And now the last part, of course, is in part where he asked for his plea for help. Now, when he said he gave a plea for help, what did you think he was going to say? I, you know, I hoped up, upon imagination and belief, <laughs> I just said, this is it. You know, it's not looking good. We know this right? video is out there. Michael Avenatti turned it in. He hasn't been wrong about anything yet. So, so we know it's going to be bad. This is the time now 
to accept responsibility and admit you have a problem and seek therapy and maybe not necessarily admit any guilt in this right. particular situation. But you got a problem. But come, come clean, man. This is your time. And it's Gail King. It ain't like she's going to beat you up like Anderson Cooper. Like, <laughs> this is Gail King. Like, this is time. Come out. So I'm waiting with bated breath to see, oh, is this the day? Will he finally accept it? I, I, I thought he was going to ask for help to try to find the real killers. Are you going to raise a GoFundMe or something? But, <laughs> but, but here's what he came out with, which is more ridiculous. What he said was more ridiculous than what I said. Here right. is where he needs help. This is his big problem in life. I'm just ranting at the camera. Okay, I, I, think I came here for them to hear me okay, talk. But I need help. What kind of help? This is the kind of help I need. Yes, what kind of help? I need somebody to help me not have a big heart. Because my heart is so big, people betray me, and I keep forgiving them. You sound like you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) If he wasn't guilty before, that just (laughs) was the icing on the cake. He's guilty. (laughs) My heart is too big because I keep forgiving the people who complain about me peeing on them. Right, it's I can't believe that I keep forgiving them when they complain about me peeing on them and abducting their daughters. I keep forgiving them. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best one yet. His heart's too big. No, brother, your mouth's too big. Um, you know, your appetite for young women is way, way too big. Um, you know, apparently your lack of uh, spending discipline is too big. But of all the things, your heart is not your problem. All right. Um, and, and, and so the end, you know, that was the part that sort of made it, you know, everybody's been, you know, talking about all day, but Gail wasn't done there. Right. She oh, had an extended interview, 80, she, they talked 80 minutes. So we only got like still only like a good 20 minutes out of it. Um, yeah. but R. Kelly, you know, did Pretty not disappoint. Sexual. Let's move on to, uh, th- this part. You have daughters. If your daughters called you and said that somebody is doing to them what they let, what the allegations are about you, would you be okay with that? Let me tell you something. I'll be up in that mother everything up. I had to bleep myself, but I would yes. be If your daughters up. came to you and said, look, this guy is doing to me what the allegations are against I, you. Then I would have to arrest myself after I did what I had to do. You've been very candid that you... I actually, I respect that answer. I, I think that's the first respectable answer that me and R. Kelly can agree on. No, uh, no, no, no. But, but, but here's, <laughs> here's where it gets weird to me, right? Um... You know, I guess I can understand that, but that is the height of hypocrisy, right? Mm. I would be all up in somebody's house for doing, if they did what I do, if, if, I, I would kill him for doing <laughs> what I did to his daughter, right? Um, you know, I guess you could do that. You could be like, hey, I'm a drug dealer, but I, but how dare he sell drugs to my son? <laughs> It's 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 an answer. Um, it might not be the best answer. Now, at some point, Gail shifts it. You know, the, the two th- two arguments against him here. One, the question is whether he is literally locking up women, right? right. Not letting them see the family. You know, telling them when they can dress and go to bath. You know, just being you know a, a slave master. Uh, right. But these are you know maybe adult women. And then there are allegations that he's constantly you know sleeping with underage girls. Right. Currently has two 21 year old girlfriends. 
And Gail King is trying to get to the issue. You know, wow, you have these younger women. What's going on with you? You know, you're attracted to younger women. And here is R. Kelly's answer. This is where um, he completely uh, uh, lost me. And I became convinced that he should go to jail, even if he didn't do it. <laughs> even if he didn't do it, he still should go to jail. He, here's what he says. Love him. And it's almost it's like they're my girlfriends. It's like, you know, we have a relationship. It's real. And I know guys like I've known guys all my life to have five or six women. Okay, so don't go there on me, okay, because that's the truth. The fact that they're much younger than you. I don't look at much younger than me. I just look at legal. I just look at you're you, I'm me. Now, I don't know if you're married. I don't know. I don't know if you had a relationship. I don't know what you, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But one might be older than the other. Mm -hmm. One might be younger than the other. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I just look at legal. He pauses like he was gonna say something so pro, and it's like I just look at you know legal. <laughs> I don't care if you married, blind, crippled, or crazy, right? All I care about is if you don't hit the eighteen. And but he, the way he used to make it sound like he's sitting there. On the set, you know, on the 18th birthday at midnight, right, 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 waiting with the champagne. He can't let her get a birthday cake in and blow the candles out yet, right? Like, come on, brother, really? By the way, I did not realize this because you know you're singing, and I guess you know you you, you seem much more youthful. But uh, that brother is older than me. <laughs> I'm 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 51, 50 and a half. I'm doing 51, 50 the second time, but 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 I'm, but he's 52. Um, how you gonna be fifty two and proud of yourself? You know, he's like, hey, I waited all the way till they were twenty one. Right? Normally, I'm up in there at eighteen. I backed off here with little, you know, restraint. Brother, I got, my ways, my my, my, my Exactly, I got running shoes that are twenty one years old because I don't ever <laughs> run, right? But the point is, it's like, how you gonna sit there, you know, and just that to me was like, look, brother. You obviously got a problem. And and if right. you're trying that desperately just to wait to the 18, right? Um, right. then you know what? You're gonna slip up from time to time, right? So you need to just go somewhere, right, where where we don't have to worry about you because um this is a problem. At 57, if I had those allegations against me, I wouldn't talk to a woman who did not have her AARP card out. <laughs> I'm looking for a golden girl. Betty White, I'm calling her two, three times a week. All right. <laughs> Cicely Tyson, I'm camped out on her doorstep. She's 94. It looked good too. But 94, that's where I'm going. But I'm going to be with 21. What is wrong with this brother? Right. And, you know, he just, I, I don't get it. You know, get an adult woman once. And that's the thing is, you know, right now, he, sh seriously, you know, he should be dating. You know, he should be dating the mama on 227. Uh, Mar who, who, play, who, who play Florence on the good time? Oh, no, Jeffersons. Marla Gibbs. There you go. Marla Gibbs <laughs> should be his woman. That's who he should be dating. Marla Gibbs. All right. Nobody younger than her for sure. Not even Jack A. She's too young. All right. And she's about 60. <laughs> well, you know, this is an interesting place in the interview as well because who saw the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, he met both the girls that he's now claiming he's in a relationship with when they were underage. Oh, yeah. That's the whole issue. Like Jocelyn, um, Savage, I think, was 15, 
and Ezra O'Cleary was, I want to say, 16 uh-huh. at the time when they met. So before, there was no acknowledgement of any of that. But now he's saying he's in a relationship with both of them, who, by the way, will be interviewed on uh, Friday with Gil King. Um, so that's the first time their parents have seen them in forever. Oh, uh, no, and- <laughs> don't he's got two women that are riding with him saying it didn't yeah. happen to me. All right. Um, look, I, I don't know what happened. But by the way, the women that you groom from the time they were 17 and you have locked in a basement, they're not the most reliable witnesses uh, as to the, <laughs> the veracity of the claims against you. That is the definition of Stockholm right. Syndrome, right? You know, kidnap right, somebody right. at 17, um, you know, that, that, that's damn near silence of the lambs, right? I don't, I don't expect any good, good, good testimony there. I right. will give him credit, though, his ability to get women to be ride or die. Even women he don't even know. He, he was got bailed out of jail by a woman um, who owned a, a daycare, I believe, right? Don't you and your wife feel stupid about that dual law degree thing y'all doing? <laughs> I, I don't want to you know, embarrass you here, uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, you got $100,000 of spare money? To, uh, to, 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 to bail out R. Kelly. Cause I'm gonna admit, uh, I'm older than you and I don't. I don't have a hundred grand of spare money, right? To go get him out, right? And somehow I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, right? How in the world, um, you know, we and I are fools. This damn law degree, I don't know what we think about. We should have daycares. <laughs> Since we were six years, we just started daycares at, at 18. We'd be balling by now. All right. That's yeah, a big, yeah, that, yeah. that's where money is. Apparently. Well, I just want to ask that lady, is she going to let R. Kelly do concerts at the daycare? That's that's the big issue. Is, is he going to be able to do a free concert at her Christian daycare? Is that how he's paying this off? That's I, I, think, what I, <laughs> I think he's going to have to do a little bit more than that. Um, she's going to have to get a backstage pass, which he ain't going to be happy about because she's grown. I don't know what he's going to do with that. <laughs> but uh, sometimes you got to take one for the team, R. Um, now, R. Kelly's best defense or most ridiculous defense um, is the parents of these young women. Right. And that, um, let's just hear it in his words, because I, I couldn't possibly do justice to this stupid. Azrael Clary, what can you tell, what is your relationship with her? Right now, I'm seeing her. You were seeing yeah, her. Yeah, she's 21. I'm seeing her. She's 21. Yeah. But did you start seeing her at 17? Absolutely not. Did you have sex with her when she was 17? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Although her parents wanted me to. No, her, her parents wanted wow. to. <laughs> wow. The gall. <laughs> here's, what, here's where his lawyer was just like a head in his hand. Because R. <laughs> Kelly apparently thinks that that's a legal defense. <laughs> You can have sex with an underage girl as long as her parents want you to. Right, right. Oh my right? Or somehow that he was too big of a man to do it. Right? That you know what? Even though they were going to give me this thing, I held back. Uh, brother, you're not supposed to want it. Right? right. That's what I think he can't understand. Right? Is that he, he's, he's, he's giving, he's doing Sidey's huge favor by not sleeping with every 17 year old. And it's like at 52, you really, you only want to sleep with a 17 year old, uh, when you're 17. Right. All right. I'll give you from 15 to 19. All right. But, 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 but not 52. That's way too far. All right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the idea he has is ridiculous where he thinks he's literally showing restraint. Her daddy wanted me to, but I, I held out because I'm a Christian. Mm, 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 mm. 
And then let's go further because um, the parents are even more fault. Parents claim they have text messages that show that you had sex with her when claim. she was 17. Claim. So you're saying you did not have sex with her Absolutely when she was 17? Absolutely not. You are with two women right now. You love them. They say they love you. What kind of love is it that keeps these these young women away from their families? When their you, families are saying. These. I'm talking right now about Jocelyn because you and know Azure. I'm gonna answer your question. What, what kind, kind of, of love father? is that? What kind of father, what kind of mother will sell their daughter to a man? Who did that? How come it was okay for me to see them until they wasn't getting no money from it? Why would you take your daughter, if I were going to take my daughter and she's 19 years old to a 49-year-old icon, whatever, celebrity, or R. Kelly concert, or whoever it is... I'm not going to put her on the stage and leave her. I'm going to take her to the concert. Their father is more into my music and know about my music than they do. You're saying the, the parents handed their daughters, Azurel and Jocelyn, over to you? Is that what you're saying to us? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know he's telling the truth because he whispered at the end. Absolutely. <laughs> You can't lie and whisper. That's a, everybody know that. Everybody know that. <laughs> He's just leaning forward with so much confidence, and I'm like, man, the hole is just getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> Thank you. That's the best part is he's like check and mate. <laughs> because if the parents wanted it to happen, it is it is on right. Like popcorn, it is legal. This is in. This has been a principle of of of, of English and American jurisprudence rights forever. This is Blackstone. Right, this is you know this goes back to Blackacre. You you can sleep with the underage daughter as long as Daddy leave her on the stage with you at the concert. <laughs> By the way, isn't it amazing that that is his sign, right? For when a woman um is is willing to 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 sleep with you, is that she got on the stage with you? Yeah, that that is very interesting. Because I gotta uh, tell you, I do a lot of stage, you know, as a legal humorist, and and people, you know, come up on the stage, they introduce me, uh, they they you know, they, they sometimes come to get the plates, um, and and, and whatever, because you know nobody think about my thing as a real concert, and and, and uh, people come up sometimes they give me off and say, hey, you you gone too long, get your butt off, but whatever it is, I never thought, you know, I get to sleep with Judy now because she didn't <laughs> come up on this stage. <laughs> It's on. Uh, that when did that become a rule? I, I wish I is that like a ten five second rule, whatever that you get. You're like really, I I miss that rule. Nah, man, I, I don't know. At this point, R. Kelly is on a life raft. I have no idea where he <laughs> is. He's in the middle of the ocean. I can't even rationalize where he's coming from. And the fact that it's one thing, like you would think that somebody, if they're having an interview, particularly with CBS, you've been prepped. Right. Uh -huh. So it's certain questions that you're like, I'm not answering that or no, I, I'm not going to dignify this with a response. Uh -huh. No, no, no. I would never do anything like this. But the fact that he's so candid and open about wanting to talk about this, I know his attorney has to be in the room like, like slash his throat, say cut, cut, cut. Like that's, <laughs> that's me doing something. And R. Kelly's like, no, I got this. Exactly. <laughs> if the attorney was there, he would push him aside like, I got this. Right, I, I, I have check and mate, right? right? 
Daddy wanted Daddy wanted some money from me. Exo facto, I get to sleep with a little girl. That's that's the rule. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. I should get extra, you know. I should get two, three more daughters. Um, you know, and I just I got disgusted with the brother. I mean, I've been disgusted, but I got this. And you know, here's what gets me about it: there are people like, for instance. At no point, even Bill Cosby, did Bill Cosby get to say, hey, look, you come to my house, uh, you, you, you deserve to get drugged. That, that's how I work. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, that's, everybody know that. If you take a drink from a strange man, from, from a man in his house who's a national icon, it's, you should expect something in it. Right. These women knew there was going to be something in the drink because that's the rule. <laughs> he didn't come out with that. Right. He was like, I didn't do it. Right. And R. Kelly's partly saying I didn't do it. He's going, I didn't do it. But if I did, here's why. And and again, just back to my theme of conversations held at the barbershop. That's the one thing people say. (laughs) The one thing people say when they want to defend R. Kelly. Oh, them parents sold them kids. Their parents trying to get paid off them kids. It's like literally he left bugs at the barbershop <laughs> what people are saying and made it a legal defense well, <laughs> I gotta tell you something there's something between him and Jesse um, you need to stay out of the Chicago barbershops alright <laughs> so if you in Chicago now and you're a listener you need to get your hair cut uh, you need to go on up to Indiana I think Gary gonna have some nice barbershops. They need the Jackson people. Uh, take your, don't go to Wisconsin. They can't help you there. Um, but go somewhere else. All right. Maybe the suburbs can help you, but you need to stay out of wherever R. Kelly and Jesse are going. Uh, cause they got some crazy advice going on in their barbershops. <laughs> oh, by the way, we missed one part that's, that's kind of important about the Gail King interview. And you brought this up about how when Gail gets to the studio, uh, and they, and and they play the first part, which remember they cut off right after we freaked out the first time. Right. You you brought this up, and I, I didn't even mention it. What's the woman's name? Do you remember? Um, which which the, the women that are sitting with Gail in the uh, CBS oh, oh, studio? Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So the the optics of this situation on CBS were very interesting to me because Gail King is the only uh, minority or at least the only visible minority <laughs> that you see at the anchor desk. Right. And seated beside Gail King is Nora O'Donnell. And so she's watching the same clips that America is watching. And Nora has some elevated uh, fright as a result <laughs> of R. Kelly getting upset. And it seems like they're almost goading Gail to say something negative about R. Kelly and how he's dangerous or that and how she felt her life was in danger. And to Gail King's credit, one of the reasons why we love Gail King is she's honest, right? So Gail King was like, well, it's not that serious. Like, I didn't think he was mad at me. I mean, we are accusing this man of molestation <laughs> on national TV. He might be passionate about that. But they were like, oh, my gosh. I just, he looks so dangerous. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you could have finished the interview. Oh, my goodness. Clutch my pearls. You know? Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and I got to say this, all right, to the, to the six remaining white women we have listening, y'all need to stop that, all right? To stop this whole I felt unsafe thing, all right? Gail wouldn't feel unsafe, all right? She know R. Kelly ain't crazy. And by the right. way, R. Kelly could have, you know, lived had he slapped the black woman. It wouldn't have been good. All right. But he, but he could have done it. But you know, if he was sitting with, you know, whatever the other woman's name was, he wouldn't have been nowhere near her. Think about it. Gail, we were talking about this. R. Kelly made a, a particular effort to not lose his mind to Gail, but to the white cameraman out back. 
right? <laughs> right? And so even, you know, he's not trying to threaten a woman. He just, you know, was passionate, like you said, and acting a fool. And and Gail is like, you know what? I'm not going to say the brother's dangerous, but I can't tell you this whole I felt unsafe thing. All right? right. Stop that. Right. All right? He's passionate about his kids. He, he wants a relationship with his kids. He's passionate about his kids. That's one of his you know, issues. And, right. and it is like, if you look at it the, the whole time, Nora and everybody else on the panel, there's a guy, I don't know his name. He's just quiet. He's like, I'm not getting right. involved in this. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm not an ally. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Right. There's, there's a lady there who's trying to emphasize, you know, kind of women's rights. So that was, right. you know, even though we support what she's talking about, that's not really the issue right now. We talk about R. Kelly right now. And then right. there's Nora, who's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, she she thinks that Gail is in trouble. Uh, some guy and, and here's, here's the thing that's amazing to me, though, is the idea we know. And remember, you and I spent, the, you know, a, a good 40 minutes, all right, talking about all things wrong with R. Kelly, and we stand by every one of them, all right? right. But he has not been accused in any context of physically, emotionally, or having anything to do with old white women. So Nora, you all right? All right. He 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 got about as much chance of messing with you as Tiger Woods does with a sister. All right. You ain't got nothing to worry about. All right. With R. Kelly. So yeah, but you'd have been up there like I felt so sad. I had to call security and please stop being so afraid of the black man. All right. He's got a, a pattern. This black man's got a pattern of predatory behavior, and it fits a very narrow pattern. So unless you a 17-year-old black girl who may be a little Puerto Rican, you ain't got to worry about R. Kelly. All right? <laughs> That's why I can bring my sons over. I, bring my, I can let my sons sleep in his house if I want to. All right? I ain't got no worry about that. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot of trust, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But there's a couple of my threatening when they don't do their homework. You want to go sleep in R. Kelly's? Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I guess as far as threatening, the threatening would have been to make him go to Neverland. Oh, Oh, my goodness. So uh, in Shifting Gears, <laughs> HBO released a special called Finding Neverland. And this special is basically a, a documented account based on, I believe, three accusers of Michael Jackson regarding what they say was his molestation. And um, Black America was was torn on right. this documentary for several reasons. The main thing is in Black culture. Uh, there's this theory that once you die, you get a divine punishment, either a divine reward or a divine punishment for eternity. And we don't need to do anything to persuade the beholder to, <laughs> to do whatever. He's, he's okay. going to have the book and he's going to make a judgment. So once somebody dies in black culture, it's essentially over. Like everything that you say, you say only good things. You don't say anything bad because whatever their punishment is, they're getting that. Whatever their benefit is, All right. they're getting that. The other side, though, are people in black culture like myself, who we wholeheartedly love Michael Jackson music. We love what Michael Jackson did for the music industry, what he did for a lot of black artists that were coming up, uh, what he means to us as a symbol. And all that is well and good, but we do have some internal suspicions about things that just didn't seem appropriate and we're, we want to defend them, but we do need to get more information to know whether or not we're defending somebody who actually is a child molester. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the information I need from about Michael. I okay. need to know 
whether if what he is accused of is true, I got to get rid of these 38 songs that constitute two hours and 39 minutes on my iPhone as I'm looking at that. All right. Do I have to get rid of the number ones and the greatest hit album? All right. That uh, the essential Michael Jackson collection I bought after he died. Right. Was it 2010 or 11? <laughs> I went out in morning and got this. Because I had to take off, I had to take off the R. Kelly. I had to take off all twenty three right. chapters of In the Closet, right? So I'm Absolutely. already I'm, I'm already got an empty iPhone here. All right, don't make me take off Michael too. Well, so I did a lot of research, okay. right? And the research, first of all, anything that's young Michael Jackson, Jackson Five, that's still fair game. Okay, okay, fair young game, Michael right. Jackson, they never heard anybody. Fair enough. Right? So now the questionable part is, what part of the '80s are we constituting? Michael Jackson to be. So if you're talking about, uh, I think off the wall, you're good because that's okay. still early. What if about, you're thriller? about thriller? Thriller makes the cut because right. technically okay. the album was finished before the acquisition of Neverland. So, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. I like this. I like that. This is the kind of, you know, um, what will be the word for it? This is the, the the only thing I need to hear. I don't need to hear about for witnesses. I just need a, a logical breakdown and let me keep Billie Jean and, and particularly PYT is always my thing. All right. Let me keep, oh no, now I sound like R. Kelly. Uh, forget that. Forget PYT. I'm going to throw PYT off because right? that's wrong. Well, it looks like everything before the bad album, you're you're good. Okay, but all right, all according right. According to their testimony on uh, the documentary, once that bad album dropped, and the whole time that he was making that bad album, he was being very bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, see, that's that's because I was going to actually do it when he got the cleft in his chin. That to me was when it was time to go. But okay, a bad album. I'll get rid of stuff in the bad album going through, from, from forward from there. I, I, I can live with that. Um, and, and we're making, you know, not trying to make light of this, but the, the difference between Michael Jackson is that Michael, like you said, Michael's already dead. I can tell you this, right? No matter what happened in the past, he's not going to be molesting any more children. Right? I can guarantee you that. I, I can, I can, and, and so getting, getting him is not really as big a concern because what are, what are we doing? Now, R. Kelly is, it seems like a current menace and we got to stop R. Kelly. By the way, we kind of skipped over that. You and I have some disagreements here. I think he beats the rap. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Why do you think that? And I think so only because we have the, you know, unanimous jury system, which we actually got to think about in, in, in the future. You know, we've always thought of it as being, you know, this this great thing, but the problem with that is that all you got to do is get one sister with a daycare, with a Christian daycare on that jury. <laughs> okay. You need to find one person on that jury who, who is our Kelly fan, has some suspicion, whatever it is, all right? And they are not going to be moved. And I can't see. It's like what happened with the cops. You know, it's almost impossible to get a jury of 12 people who can convict the cop. Right, mm-hmm. you can get nine or eleven who'd want to, but it's almost impossible. The guy who shot the the cop who shot the brother in the back in South Carolina on video, you right. could not get a jury unanimously to convict him. It's almost impossible, right? And I think mm-hmm. R. Kelly sort of falls within that. Think about it. the last time they had a video of him peeing on somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. As Dave Chappelle would say, holding the copy of today's paper, right, with his grandmama in the room as a witness and and, and R. Kelly singing, you know, the, the songs while, you know, it, it, it's like and they still could not get him. 
because there's going to be somebody, right, for whatever reason, who holds out this faith, et cetera. And, and so I, I could see one hung jury and maybe two, and then the prosecutors have to give it up. Now, by that point, of course, R. Kelly should be ruined. I think the difference this time is that public opinion has turned. So even if he gets out of this case, He's not going to be in concert, anybody. No, no Ticketmaster's not going to sell his concerts, right? He's going to be playing at, at you know, a Christian daycare center. Maybe he'll do that. <laughs> but he's not going to be able to play for grown folks anywhere because the record label cut him. You know, the rest of society will pretty much deal with that. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. he's going to prison. Now, you think you think he'll go? Yeah, I think he's done. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, and I'll, I'll give you my reasons. So, first of all, as you can tell from this interview, if he does still have legal counsel, they're not able to influence him or do Thank anything. You, okay. <laughs> or they're not very good. I don't know what it is. But he's he's digging a hole for himself. That's the first thing. Second thing is, despite all the stuff that we're interviewing him for, the charge is related to a tape that allegedly shows him having a conversation, mentioning and acknowledging a woman who is 14, a girl who is 14 years old right. before having sex and then wild sex acknowledges she's 14 years old. I think once you have that tape and you have this changing climate, because it's not like, you know, uh, 10 years ago or whatever, when we were like, oh man, this video came out. Oh man, R. Kelly, why are you doing this? Oh, R. Kelly. (laughs) And and he's like, no, it's not me. Or no, they're trying to trap me. I think black America will buy the the CIA, FBI conspiracy story the first time. Right. That's like, that surviving R. Kelly documentary, that was pretty much a wrap. So even the record company now is like, no. Personally, I think R. Kelly's out of money. I, I think that oh, think so? he may figure that part out, huh? Yeah, I think he's out of money. So that means that any attorney he does have probably won't be his attorney <laughs> for much longer. Uh, and I think that money allowed him to do a lot of things. And I guess what I'm shocked about is I would have thought R. Kelly saw this coming. Like he right. didn't change his behavior after the trial. He could have used his money to get some tickets together and a passport. And when he saw things was on the wall, he could get on the plane and be out of here and go to Botswana or someplace and right. just live for the rest of his life. But he didn't do that because he does think that he is uh, high and mighty and bigger than everything. And I think that once I heard that the tape was acquired by Michael Avenatti, I just knew it was true because Michael Avenatti is the same guy who brought us the receipts for Stormy Daniels. <laughs> well, let, let's be clear. He also, Avenatti, let's be clear, also brought us, uh, some, uh, how do I say it, some fraudulent receipts for in, in, in the, um, in the Kavanaugh case. Um, okay. uh, the woman who, who came forward, who was supposed to be his client, um, who, who broke in questioning, uh, from the Washington Times. Now, the Washington Times can't break Kelly and Conway. All right. But, um, so Michael Avenatti, you know, is, is not exactly bulletproof, but I, I will confess that, you know, there's nothing that, that R. Kelly said in that interview that doesn't make me think that either he did it or needs to go to jail just on GP. All right. Just generally, he is too dangerous to be on the street with that mindset because somebody's going to get victimized with that mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I, I think if he goes this time, it's going to be a significant amount of time. I think they said that the max he'd be looking at is 70 years. So that's, that's yeah, pretty much a wrap. He's not getting out. <laughs> he, he is definitely not getting out again. He, he's going to have to, um, you know, have a religious conversation. 
version. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see a lot of pork in his future. <laughs> you know that that being that, that that being said, um, you know it, it's 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 tragedy. We got a couple of other things we got we got to get to. We've got to get to last week's political news, the hearing with Michael Cohen. The part that that I think made black people lose their minds is sister. Well, let's not call her sister anymore. Uh, Ms. Lynn Patton, mm. who showed up so the Republicans could show her off under the theory that if a black woman works for you, you must not be racist. Mm-mm-mm. Because so none girl. of the people who had black nannies in the fifties, forties, thirties, and a hundred years before that, <laughs> none of the slave masters were racist. They just and right. she stood there like she was a slave on the auction block. I thought he was gonna start going through her teeth. Tell me, look at look at the molars <laughs> on her. That's a strong. Look at these strong, strong, you know, a uh, hey, childbearing hips. She gets two or three youngins. Like what the? Hey, tell me what the sister was thinking. Oh my goodness. Well, we we got to start off first by looking at the party, and you know, to all the listeners, I have to apologize. Uh, this is Representative Mark Meadows of North Carolina. Uh, he is not from my district. Uh, but he is uh, representative of a lot of the attitudes outside of my district within North Carolina. And uh, Mark Meadows, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but he's racist. <laughs> so, no, you can say that. You can say that. He, he's racist. I don't think he's realized that he's racist yet, right. but he's racist. And one of the things that he was trying to equate is, like we said, if you have a black friend or a black employee, that automatically means that you can't be racist. So he marked black woman, and I'm not going to trash the woman because she might be awesome at her job. I don't know. But he marched a black woman up here who obviously has an executive position with the Department of Housing and Urban Development, but who was to be seen and not heard, right? Which is like the most racist thing that you could do (laughs) on live television. He says, hey, look, look, this black woman right here, don't talk, honey, this black woman right here is friends with Donald Trump. She works for Donald Trump. So how can he be racist? I've never heard him say anything racist. Now, she went uh, along with it and became the token black person to stand in for Trump and support him. And it's just one of those things where it's just really sad to see somebody, you know, maybe she just doesn't get it. Or maybe she just thinks because she's personally winning and she's there at every beck and call that apparently she thinks he's not racist. I, I have no idea. But I think if Omarosa could change her tune on this, I, I, I well, think, and that's the thing is, she is the new Omarosa. When Omarosa went off the, the, the plantation, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. She was called in to be like, oh no, 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 Omarosa's crazy. He, you know, I'm the, he became Trump's new girl, so to speak. Right. Now, in fairness, I got to give Trump a little credit for this. Trump is is is, is damn near pimp uh, with sisters. Trump can keep some sisters in his camp. First, he had Amarosa. Now he got this sister. He got Diamond and Silk just in the wings. They about to run you know, <laughs> Homeland Security in a minute. All right. As he's soon as president. you know, he's a president. He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a. also from North Carolina, and we also apologize for the production of Diamond and Silk as well. I'm but think sorry. about it. I don't know about y'all, but 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 I'm not sure my mama's riding for me like that, right? He got sisters that will ride with him, and I'm just like, you know, I don't know what Trump says to these women. He is smooth talking fool. 
that being said, um, you know, the sister, you know, I think two parts about it. One, not only did she just stand there, because think about it. I don't get in the 21st century. If he wanted to demonstrate it, he could have just said, Trump's got a black woman work for him. Maybe he could have shown a picture of her. The fact that he had to march her in there and have her be a human display, right, is, is, is ridiculous. The second thing is when, um, you know, when, when, when someone complained about it, then they gave her a hard time and said, you know, she's racist. And let's get this clear for the last time. Saying someone else is racist, even if you're wrong, does not make you racist. This isn't I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever whatever you say about me, right, bounces off of you and me and sticks to you. you. If I claim that, 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 that Jesse has cooties, and it's pretty clear he does. It does not mean that I have cooties if I'm wrong. It just means that, you know, I my cootie dog is off. All right? And so, Mark Meadows, even if you're not a racist, and you are, it, it doesn't make her racist by pointing it out. All right? So, let's stop all this, you know, that snowflaking and being all butthurt about it. And I don't get why you're mad because, you, you know, these people run on racism 350 days a year. And right. the one year, day of the year they don't, they, 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 they're now all up in their feelings. Well, you know, we also got to talk about his own personal meltdown uh, when, when <laughs> Representative Talib, uh, who we love, Representative yeah. Rashida Talib, we call us. Uh, so <laughs> she came in and, and she, doesn't, she doesn't mention him, but she just states <laughs> the fact that having a black person brought into a congressional hearing for the purpose of establishing that someone else is not racist, is racist, right? <laughs> that's, that's racist. She was very clear about that. And he got butthurt and went into his whole diatribe about, oh, well, you know, you can't say I'm racist because my nieces and nephews are colored people. Or no, he said my nieces and nephews are people of color. That's what See, we said. That, we said that part right. I'll yes, give him that. Right. He got that, got that part right. But here's what I love about it, though, right? Is he pulled the entire R. Kelly? Quit playing! Quit playing! Right. Quit playing! <laughs> I'm fighting for my life here, right? <laughs> I, I thought, I thought that for a minute he was about to hit her, right? Like that, that woman thought that right. R. Kelly was about to hit Gail King. Um, and, and so then, you're right. I, I, he he had his meltdown, but somehow it didn't. He got a little better play than R. Kelly's meltdown. No, nah, he so so then he tried to bring in. Um, the, the leader of this commission, and this is Elijah Cummings, right. and he was like, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, and it just sounded like, it just, I don't know, it just sounded like a slave master to me. Like, it's just like that, you know, well, all. Here, here's what I love about it. It's Elijah Cummings, well, he didn't, well, Elijah, well, he didn't say, hey, I know you're not racist. He did try to say, calm down, like, you know, don't worry. And, and, and if I would have been Elijah, I would have been like, look, you know, keep my name out your mouth. All right. Yeah, I, I've been over your house once. You probably burned up all the, you know, the, the silverware I ate. You probably threw that out when I left. Uh, don't right. act like, you know, that, that we boys, that, you know, I'm over here every week. Right, right, right. He's like, you know, sir. You know, Elijah Cummins, you are my friend. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You saw me at the Klan rally telling them to burn the cross <laughs> on the other side of the street not to disturb you. You <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, um, and, and you know, that being said, we've got one last thing to cover. We gotta cover it. We, how, how could we not? It only comes once a year, the Oscars. Um, yeah. we have to talk about, I guess, the, the, the worst picture uh, of the year. I think we both unanimously <laughs> agree, uh, is Green Book. Oh my goodness. 
You know, and, and I'll say, I, I thought as far as movie quality goes, I actually thought Green Book was a good movie. Right. So I don't want to, I just don't think that it is, it should be the best picture <laughs> for the Oscars because it's, it's nothing we haven't seen before. If you've ever seen any movie about black people in segregation time frames, you've seen this movie. <laughs> it's always a black person who can't do certain stuff and there's a white savior who allows them, who gives them the validation to transcend all of these things around it. So it's like, oh, I don't know why black people are getting killed and have to even design a green book in the first place. All they need to do is get a white guy to go with it and everything will be fine. Uh, <laughs> now, I actually, you know, I, I, when I was in the theater, and I have to confess, I, I liked it originally, and the and, and the and the reason I liked it is that my wife actually stayed awake the entire movie, because wow. every other movie I took her to this this, this year, and we go to matinees, right? You mm-hmm. know, we might go ten, eleven o'clock in the afternoon, you know, enjoying this 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 uh you know <laughs> this this carefree lifestyle, and it drives me crazy because I'm like, woman, well, you you don't fell asleep, you know. This is seven dollars. Are you owe me seven dollars, woman? <laughs> and she stayed awake the entire time. Like, oh, this is, must be good. But I think her, her, she was probably like me. Just we both look at each other like, uh, I thought this was supposed to be about Green Book and, and segregation. This is about white chauffeur. This should have been called <laughs> random ass white chauffeur drives around somebody. All right? right. The brother is the likely. Probably the greatest pianist, all right, that, 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 that America has ever produced, which is saying a lot, all right, a whole lot. And the movie is not about him, all right? He's just a bit, it could be anybody in the backseat of that car. It's about white chauffeur and bouncer, all right, who drives him around. And it was, so part of it was like, God, you do this every time, Hollywood. You take the story of a great black person, Thurgood Marshall. We talked about this before. And, and the one case you choose is not Brown versus Board of Education. Right. Not one of the 50 cases he tried as Solicitor General of the United States. No. You take some insurance case that he wasn't even allowed to speak in and let the white guy win the case for him. <laughs> and that is the, the story you tell. Right? Hidden right. figures. Same kind of thing we were just talking about the white savior, right? right? Is that it turns out to be about Kevin Costner. Right? Kevin these exactly these three brilliant sisters. <laughs> One sister's doing mathematical equations while, you know, running to the, to the black toilet. All right? But, 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 but she, that's not the movie ain't about her. All right? It's about Kevin Costner and how he tore down the sign at the end. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, constantly you're doing that. And here's what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for next year, okay, that Lady Gaga is going to star in the Aretha Franklin biopic. She going to be Aretha. <laughs> but the story is really going to center around Aretha Franklin's white dry cleaner. That's really going right. to be, you know, we're we going to talk about how she really dry the clothes and Aretha just come in every once in a while and drops something off. All right. And that's really going to be Aretha's biopic about how her clothes were particularly clean uh, by this white dry cleaner, because obviously that's really all black people can do is sort of be a character around. Now, the family was even more upset than I was. And part of the reason that the family got upset, so upset is because they said, hey, you lied. All right. On Mm -hmm. Uncle Don. Um, now, in one fairness, I, I don't know, you know, how much of this was true or not. I, I suspect they would know him better than the white chauffeur, so they, I got to give him that, that credit. Now, they said, you know, he was not in any sense gay. 
And that might be one of those things where, you know, he may have very well been gay and just hid it from. Him. Right. Right. Because you can't always come out to a black, particularly, you know, in the 60s and 70s or 50s, you couldn't come out to a black family. I'm not sure you can come out to a black family before like 2017, really. Right. No, that's true. Right. And so it might have been the case. I mean, I know that Luther never came out to, Luther Vandross never came out to his mama. Right. right. You know, it's just, you know, that's something that he might not have done. But I do know this. I know that brother had some fried chicken before the white man taught him how to have fried chicken. <laughs> Oh, man, I was just disappointed by the fact that they took a great actor in Mahershala Ali. Mm, he did an excellent job in the movie. He won an award for it, so that's great. But he becomes the supporting role. It's amazing. And 30% of the movie was about different ways to eat chicken. I <laughs> I just don't know. Like If you're trying to show a movie that's overcoming segregation and racist stereotypes and showing that, you know, People can have culture, black people can have all this. Why would you reduce him to just going back to eating chicken and throwing bones out the window? I don't understand. <laughs> Although here's the thing that I gotta tell you that was amazing about it. Now, you know, we, we you know, you and I both agree. The idea that anybody, all right, wouldn't know how to eat fried chicken. A baby can figure out how to, he didn't even know how to hold it. Right? I'm like, it's not even that hard. Like how how else could you do it? You know, he 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 he's like, you know, trying to figure out, you know, he's putting it on on top of his head and you know, rubbing it under his arms. Like he can't figure out even how to put it in his mouth, right? It's the right. dumbest thing in the world. Everybody knows how to eat fried chicken. And the second thing was 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 I gotta tell you, there was some similarities about this movie, and they really could have played this up more. When I looked at this movie, at first what drew me into it was the fact that I was not much different. I, in 2019, my life isn't that much different than Don Shirley's in, you know, 1953. Mm. And, and I mean it in this sense. I drove around the country to a lot of places just like that. I, I've been to, you know, wealthy southern, um, you know, um, country clubs, the Cottonwood Resort by you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and well, in Durham, I believe somewhere, but, but, but I've been to these places and you, you know, I go in and I'm the only brother there. Right. I'm the entertainment, the guest of honor, but, uh, they didn't think that they, you know, by, by, by any other brothers. And yes, right. they let me go to the bathroom inside. They would do that. They'll let me stay at the hotel. All right. But I always find myself in this room where I'm the brother, you know, who's entertaining, and then all of the other brothers and sisters are waitstaff. This happens in 2019, like every Tuesday, right? Right. And it's like, you know, not, it's amazing how little has changed. The only thing that's changed is that they treat a few black people a little better, right? We get to pee indoors, usually. Right. They don't make us, you know, run out to, 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 to we can stay at the hotel. Don't have to, I don't have to have a green book, but everything else, the strat, you know, the, the stratification between whites and blacks is still the same. Mm. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, now what might be different now is that, you know, brothers might have their own meeting, you know, at the same hotel, you know, two ballrooms over. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the idea that, you know, we're, we're that much less segregated, um, you know, we, and I mean, this happens in Atlanta, places where you'd see a lot of black people. I remember going to a, a, a conference room once in Atlanta, and I, the week before I'd been to South Dakota. Now, 
you know I went to South Dakota, there were no brothers. I understood that, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? I get to Atlanta and it's culture shock. Like next week, and I'm like, I'm a little scared. I'm like, damn, there's a lot of black people around here. I need to put my wallet in my sock. Like, there's too many black people, right? <laughs> I take the, fit, the elevator to the 50th floor, get off of this high res law firm. When I get off the elevator, I think to myself, I didn't take the elevator to North Dakota. It's like a walk a bit or something because there are no brothers allowed above the 50th floor in Atlanta, apparently. Mm. And you'll find these pockets, you know, all white places, et cetera. So that part wasn't that different. And, and it, I just got so upset because they had to tell this story through the lens of not an exceptional white guy. Choose the cellowest white guy, right? Who also has some talent of his own, but some bullshit, you know, chauffeur bouncer. Tony Lip. Tony Lip. The Lip. Exactly. By the way, you know who didn't have no lip at the Oscars was Spike Lee. <laughs> well, you know, congratulations to Spike Lee for finally winning an Oscar. I guess the Academy finally got tired of sending him home empty handed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I thought uh, after he was boycotting Oscars two years ago, and Oscar was too white. Now he get nominated. It was all right, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and he made mention of that when he made reference to, you know, it's been since 1619 when the first slave ships came over, and now in 2019, he, you know, he's got an Oscar. So he's, <laughs> so, you know, black Americans. It, it was all worth it. The 40 <laughs> years of oppression, it was worth it, brother, because we got you an Oscar. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Spike Lee. Who, who is All right, what black person is All right. And particularly because, I mean, you know, I, I, tell, I tell you how big a fan I am. I like school days. Oh yeah, that's classic. Big Brother Almighty. I will watch that today if 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 if, if I find it on Netflix. All right, I love Wake it. up. There you go, right? Lord <laughs> Fishburne, right? He way before the Matrix, right? I like Spike Lee, but here's what disappointed me. He got up there and he apparently thought he might win. He had prepared a speech, but he likes reading it off the cuff. He's reading it badly. He gets to go back and restart. And I'm like, look, brother, you have actors there all the time. And you make them learn the lines. And you don't go, oh, just come on up here and read. Like, you know, it was two minutes, all right? You, we waited 400 years as a people to get you this damn Oscar. You could have right. spent two in the demo and learn the damn speech. <laughs> as much as you think he didn't think he was going to win. I think he wrote something just in case. It's like a fallback. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't think he was going to win. And particularly, like, I'll say this. Everybody knows that Spike Lee got robbed from Malcolm X. Like, everybody knows right, that. Right. Like, Malcolm X should have got an Oscar. It meets all the criteria. But he got an Oscar for Black Klansman, which was also a very great, uh, awesome movie. Um, but I just didn't see the Academy. Maybe it's me already superimposing racism upon the Academy. I just didn't see it. <laughs> he said, a black man in the Klan, that's an Oscar movie. I, I just didn't see it. So it caught me off guard. Maybe yeah. he thought it was. Well, it, it caught me off guard a little bit, but it would have caught me more off guard if your movie would have won. If Black Panther would have got Best Picture, I would have been <laughs> off guard. Now, I understand that as a black person, I done lost some black points. All right, I, I, I'm, I'm certainly like <laughs> at this point. All right, I, I could definitely play in the Warriors' backcourt. I'm, 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 I'm like, I get this, but 
I do lose some black points, but I'm going to tell you a little secret. And I, I, I held firm for the first six months. I, I wouldn't let anybody say anything bad about about the Black Panther movie. But I'm just going to say this, and you can get mad at me, write the letters, uh, to send them to 1600 Pennsylvania if you're mad, all right? <laughs> Black Panther was just all right. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I said it. No. I'm going to edit out. I think I'm going to edit out later. But I said it. <laughs> no. Black Black Panther changed the world. Black Panther is is a phenomenon. They had people, white people, out here trying to be part of Wakanda. <laughs> like it's, Black Panther's the movie. I, so, in full disclosure, I watch Black Panther at least twice a week to rejuvenate my melanin. So, <laughs> is that how you keep it so so crispy brown? Is that you you watch it? Okay, Black Panther. That's like cocoa butter. All right, I get it. I have to do it. It just rejuvenates my soul to let me know. Hey man, you know I can I can be a king. I can be great. Okay. I can have technological advancements and see people on a movie screen who aren't I don't know riding through the segregated South eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, that a white boy taught him how to eat. All right, I get I get I get that. Now now here's the thing about it is I because I, I have to tell you you know it's just generally speaking. The Academy doesn't choose those types of movies, obviously, right? Spider-Man 4, right, doesn't get the nomination. And I normally would give the Academy a hard time because the the way I always know who's going to win the Oscar is the movie that I saw the trailer for that I didn't want to see at all. That mm-hmm. wins the Oscar, right, normally. And so I expected that here. And 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 for me, it's like, it, you know, I thought it was a good movie, but I'm going to tell you a little secret. I liked Infinity War better. Hmm. I mean, I can I can see both sides. So I think that Infinity War is kind of the the crown on top of all of what Marvel was built to to get to it. Um, that it had an ending that people didn't anticipate, and I think that that definitely put. Up, I mean, they had a villain that was amazing, so that put it up. But I think the I think Black Panther was for us. Like I think right, right. Was, Ryan Coogler went out of his way to make Black Panther connect both African culture and American culture, Black American culture, and to show like something that we could be proud of. So it connected family trees, it connected all the stuff we've been through, and it gave us two uh, diametrically opposed positions through Killmonger and T'Challa that technically are both right. Okay, so so I, I loved it. I think it addressed a lot of issues that we wanted to see. It made stars out of Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan, uh, and I I just think to see Black Hollywood, Black excellence, Black leadership. The costumes were amazing. They did win the award for the costumes. Um, like just to feel like you're connected to something greater is something that Black people don't get too often. So. I, you know, and let, let's world. be clear. Let's be clear, because I got, I'm, I'm feeling that the hate already coming in. I have, <laughs> all right. I bought the the digital download copy. It, it's on my iTunes. I can watch it, all right, any, any, any night of the week. I, I, I'm fully black. I will be. I already pre bought Black Panther two. All right. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know when it's coming out, but I, I got the tickets. All right. So I, I'm with you. I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna have the same rule. I don't. I am just like just somehow how you don't speak Bill of the Dead. 
I don't speak ill of the Black Panther for the first six months. All right, I'm okay. not going to do it. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't say it was a bad movie. It's a good movie. All right, I just didn't think it was going to be the kind of thing that you know wins the Oscar or that um, is uh, better than Infinity War. But but that's okay. All right, um, it doesn't have to be uh, th- this time. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see maybe Black Panther 2. Sometimes the second movie's better. Um, and, uh, and, and, and we'll see. Um, I think that was about it. Do we have any other things from the Oscars? Anybody fall down or, or do anything? Oh, we got, you know, we got to talk about just for a second. Billy Porter. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. You know, the way Billy he came out in that dress. I gotta tell you, the funny part is, I wasn't watching Oscars, cause I didn't think as many movies I knew, right? And okay. I'm getting these updates on Facebook, and everybody, and I didn't even know there was Oscar going on that night, cause all they kept talking about was Billy Porter and, and, and that dress. Right. Then the right. next day, it, the brothers, it's a few brothers came out, and they were very, very upset about Billy Porter and the dress. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I see both sides, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, in black America, there there has historically been this effort made by a larger American society to remove masculinity and masculine features from the black family, the black household. This is something that goes back even to slavery with you know, the strongest black slave gets killed so that the women will encourage the children to fall in place. So that that's just kind of the thing. And now we have this resurgence of, you know, well, really, since only since 1968 have black men really been free and equal, right? So, like, right. so since 1968, and now all of a sudden we've got and some money and value, and we're starting to establish our positions within society, and that encourages people to believe that the media has agendas to implement these old ideas and remove us. So there's that. Right. But then on the other hand, there are people who express themselves through fashion and I feel like it came out really good. Like I thought, I thought that you know the tuxedo look. It was something I had never seen before. Right. Uh, I'm told that somebody else did it before, but whoever it was, it didn't matter until Billy Porter did it. So I seen it. I saw him with it. I was like, wow, this is cool because depending on the camera angle, he either has a dress on or a tux. Right. Like, that's awesome. And you can't say he's not dressed up for the Oscar. This is this is great. I can understand how somebody who might be sensitive about the images that get portrayed or sold around the world about what blackness is. I can see how people could be sensitive about it because what people also don't like is the fact that only our criminals or gay dudes in black America get, um, get transmitted to these places in China and these places in Russia. So if you're not a drugs or you're not a gay dude on Grey's Anatomy. Like, you're just not going to be transmitted. And it makes the world feel like the rest of us don't exist. So, you know, I can understand people being, you know, feeling some type of way about that. But at the same time, I just don't think you can put that kind of pressure on one person. I think Billy Porter does his thing. Like, he's he's a fashion guy. That's his right. thing. That's his lane. And I think he killed it. And I think that, you know, we need to be able to be open-minded enough to accept all aspects of the diaspora because everybody's go. not going to be monolithic. So when we're doing well, it don't matter who we are, we need to celebrate the person doing well, right? There's too many of us on the nightly news or not. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the idea that, you know what? Hey, there's not just one way to be a black man. 
All right. Mm-hmm. You know what? You can be, you know, you can rock your dress, rock your dress. All right. Do what you do. As long as you do it excellently, you, you black, you black to me. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I, so I like the idea that, you know what? Yeah. I understand that, you know, you think, you know, that, cause let's be clear. There's a third alternative that gets shown to the world too. Right. Black thug. Absolutely. Right. That'll get out there too. So, you know what? Hey, if, if we can have more ways to represent black men, all right, you got, you got, you got black, black trans, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, you got, you got, you got a gay trans person, right? Whether it be RuPaul, mm-hmm. all right, you got, you know, gay black man, you got gay black women. All right. You got straight black men and straight and straight black women. You know, they're masculine men and, and, and masculine women and, and, you know, and feminine men. And the point is, though, is that you can break down these stereotypes of thugs and killers and thieves and all that by right. showing the full, you know, we got Don Shirley. That's why I love. And that's what kissed me off so much about Green Book is that we had an opportunity to see a classically trained black pianist. Right. It's like what? That's not a thing you see every day, but but seeing that sort of opens up the entire realm. There might have been some kid who'd been inspired by it until they showed that all this brother could do is, is wait for a white boy to get him out of trouble uh, every day, and, right. and you know, and have chicken in his hair. Uh, and so they, you know, the brother's like, "Forget that! I ain't gonna play the piano. I, you could get stupid to play the piano." Um, but the <laughs> idea that we have all different types of representation—that's you know—that's what we're always fighting for. That's one of the representations, Absolutely. you know, that, that's out there for us. And so, you know, as long as they, you know, brother is, is, is not, you know, peeing on people, I'm happy to see him <laughs> out there. And I'm sure in certain countries around the nation, they probably do have access to that bootleg copy of that video because I remember the last one spread like wildfire. So, <laughs> I have to tell you that, that somehow I was able to miss that one. Uh, I am very, very happy ab- about that. Uh, I'm not a germaphobe, but, um, but, but that always takes a, a step too far to me. I, 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 I never get that. That, that just seems like it's a mess. Absolutely. Well, it's, 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 it was not the nicest. <laughs> and, and to me, it seems like the person who should have been the first person bringing charges is R. Kelly's maid. Because <laughs> I know she was sick of that. All right, that, that's because remember we, we saw one on tape. That you you don't do you don't pee on somebody your first time on tape, right? Right. right. I mean, or you, first of all, you don't take your first time on tape to decide you're gonna pee on something. You know, that's something you work up to, right? And so I'm like, you know, this is the kind of thing where you know, at, at the very least, he need to go to jail just for that. Yeah, and that's you know allegedly sparkles <laughs> need. So the person that you working with and producing, you got with her niece allegedly and did this on video and the rumor is that she's still with him like she's still there he he was clever enough to not talk about her and her being involved in this new relationship that he has but uh, the rumor is that she's still with him so i'm gonna tell you a little secret you pee on me you probably got me too <laughs> who, who else gonna take my pissy ass? <laughs> you probably got me. I probably. I, I don't know where I'm gonna go after that. Uh, um, so <laughs> pray for me, y'all. Pray for me. Oh, man. 
And on that note, thanks so much. Uh, this is for me personally is, is a very important um, podcast. It's really the, the link I have to social media. I'm taking a, a self-imposed exile um, from the, the, the medium. And this is really my only opportunity to reach out to, to people and, and let y'all know that, that, that I'm thinking of you and, and, and miss you. Um, uh, but, you know, got to take care of my other stuff. But, but I could not. All right. Not chime in on blackness. That, 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 you know, like, oh. I can't do that. So I got we 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 keep the podcast going. Do we probably do more of the podcast because we got to make sure that I get my feel feel fill of, uh, of 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 talking trash basically. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and I'll say you know the the void is missed, man. It, it's not the same looking at the news feed on Facebook <laughs> and not seeing a really good, well thought out post. So I'm gonna try to do my best to, to stand in the gap. You did. I don't. Did you take a vacation? Because by the way, you, you know those of you don't follow uh, Jesse on Facebook, and you really should. Uh, this brother did 28 days of Black History Month. Absolutely. Like it was like the it was like the days of Christmas, right? On the first day of Black History Month, right? My true love gave to me. Um, you know, <laughs> um, a Donnie Hathaway CD, and he just went on and on. All right, for for twenty, they learned some interesting stuff, things that I had never even, um, you know. Jesse will, will come out there with, with with some with some knowledge for you. You know, I'm just gonna yell and use the F word three or four times. <laughs> um, but you know, he's gonna take care of the knowledge gap on 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 the, <laughs> on, uh, on on the Black Brothers in Law uh, Facebook page. Um, and, and until I come back, um, but I want to, you know, thank everybody for, for, for being there and let's, uh, we'll keep the podcast going. Yeah. And, and definitely continue to leave your comments, continue to tell the good people at iTunes, how, how, uh, quality, how great this is, uh, and, and, uh, encourage your friends to listen and comment as well. If you aren't already following us on uh, Facebook, it's brothers in law. That's B R U T H A S the letter N. Then law L A W. Uh, make sure you follow us, comment, uh, join the conversation, take part in our polls. Do do whatever it is that you need to do. We take you know we take everybody who come in. And if you are connected with any uh, sponsors who are looking for an innovative show featuring black voice that they can use to market all kinds of products to the black community, we're the <laughs> we will be we might be willing to do that for you know. A, a generous, reasonable fee for services rendered. So, so, so we're taking everybody there. but but Christian daycare sponsors. We're gonna have to draw the line there. Right, we're gonna draw the line. All right. Everybody but Christian daycare sponsors, particularly <laughs> R. Kelly affiliated Christian daycare sponsors. Um, to any of the victims of R. Kelly, if you want to, you know, come talk to to the show and talk to our uh, people, you know, by all means. Contact us on social media. Uh, we'll try to do our best to make sure that we get your message out there, preferably to the people who haven't already been on TV and who, you know, maybe late bloomers to this. We think that the nail is in the coffin for R. Kelly. So, so might as well kick him while he's down. And uh, <laughs> to the extent that there's anything else that we can talk about, please feel free to comment to us. We don't bite uh, unless it's racist. And then we would. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.